I'm Hera. And I'm Aisha. And we are the Mocha Single Mothers by Choice, or SMCs. Like you, as SMCs, we decided to become mothers knowing we'd be the sole care provider and parent of our children, at least at the outset. And the Mocha is for Black. We discuss being SMCs from an intentionally Black lens. You'll connect with all the interesting and fun things about this non-traditional path. Like how you decide which sperm to use, the cold, hard truth of fertility, your reality of dating as a single mother who doesn't have a co-parent to rely on for occasional childcare, and what it's actually like to parent as an SMC. This is the Mocha Single Mothers by Choice podcast. So (laughs) we are back from our break. Our little ones are settled in school. And we wanted to take some time and do kind of like a parental check-in and see how how it's going and how we're all doing kind of mentally. Um, So I will admit that kind of going through the summer and preparing for the 2021 school year, it was really, really exhausting for me. I feel like I'm I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety um, right now with all of the unknowns. Um, As Hera has told me plenty of times, like I'm a planner. Um, And so I feel real comfortable with known entities. And right now the pandemic and the Delta variant is really an unknown entity. And not only that, but schools have, you know, removed the virtual option. So kids are in school unvaccinated with this hypervirulent strain of um, COVID that's out there. And as an SMC, our household safety depends on, for me, a seven-year-old and a two-year-old and a seven-year-old who doesn't always remember to put her socks on and a two-year-old who is two. And so while I'm vaccinated, they're not, but you take down one person in the household, you take down potentially the entire household. When August arrived, you know, I know Hera and I, we talk often, we both kind of hit the wall, like, you know, we need to sort out what school is doing, what's their plan, if there's an exposure in the classroom. And so we've really wanted to now come back and regroup with you all and create this space for us to just hash out what the 2021 school year is going to look like. Um, so here we are, Hera, with the second um, almost full year. Round two. <laughs> like round two. How are you doing, um, first of all? So I will say that my my older daughter's school has been phenomenal. And if it were not for that, I'd probably be losing my mind. Uh, they were in school, for the most part, they were in school last year. They started at hybrid and then they went full time. And so it wasn't new for us to start again this year Mm full-time and I feel pretty safe about the fact that she's seven and she can wear her mask and she understands distancing and so I'm comfortable with her going to school Mm -hmm. and I think they are at least thinking about what they will do for a virtual option should people come down with COVID so we got that squared away I think that what is really causing me extreme anxiety right now is my toddler because she had started preschool back in June and then, you know, the Delta started heating up and with her preschool, she has kids who are younger than two who are not wearing masks. And we had several COVID cases happen in her school this summer. We never got it at home, but she had really bad pneumonia all summer, like just sick 
And I think probably part of that was because she hasn't been in school and this is like the first time she's going. And so uh, I made the decision to pull her back out because I was like, you know, here is this little baby who she's already got a compromised immune system because she hasn't been in school. And then to top it all off, she just got through having pneumonia. I can't have her get COVID right now. So I'm in that space where she's almost three. And so, but she's not three by August. So she can't go to the schools that are three plus. And so she's wanting to go because she's old enough to be bored with just staying home with grandma. Mm -hmm. And so I am stressed out because I'm fine. I'm trying to find all these ways to keep her active. I mean, this morning we, we played we, we played hardwood floor soccer for like 45 minutes <laughs> before this call just to keep her excited and active. And I don't know, it's just, it's just hard because there, there are so many unknowns and so many of us parents are, feel better when we know we can have a plan for our kids. And that's just not entirely possible right now. How about you, Aisha? How are you doing with it? Oh, well, um, full of anxiety, but you know, functioning with me, like, I am holding myself together by like tape, um, just kind of, you know, going through the motions, making sure I stay on top of like the flurry of paperwork and administrative stuff that they send out. Um, Both girls are really good at wearing their mask, um, but we did have a day one fluke where I was just like, um, to my big girl, I was like, okay, did you, how did you do wearing your mask today? Did you wear it all day? And she said, yes. I was like, even outside, she said, yes. She said, but When we got outside, my teacher said I didn't have to wear my mask, so I took it off. And I was just like, okay, you know, inside I'm like freaking out. But outside, I just had to um, tell her, I said, okay, so mommy's rule for our household is that you wear your mask even on the playground. And so we haven't had any any incidents since then. And then baby, she asks for her mask whenever she leaves the house because she sees us with her with our masks on. So mask, mask, and you know, in, in toddler language. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, you want yeah. your mask. She's really good at wearing her mask. Um, and she's in the twos room where most of the kids wear their masks most of the time. So I feel fairly confident right now, but it's on a day by day basis that we have it handled. But, you know, right now it's just like talking to the schools and finding out what their protocols are. If there's an exposure in their classroom, what do we do for academics, you know, And so just a a lot of questions coming out. And so one of the things that I will encourage um, moms to do, and since single um, single family households and SMC households in particular are um, particularly vulnerable, ask for what your need is because we were doing back to school night and I was just like, they were doing it live. And I was just like, do you have a virtual option? And they were like, we need to ask the principal. So then they came up with a virtual option. And now it's like, well, what are we doing with continuing schooling? If there's an exposure in the classroom because the kids have to quarantine, what's the plan? And I think having as much of that information up front, but sometimes schools won't know what the needs are unless a brave person asks for what they need for their household. Um, yeah, I would also encourage moms to talk to your, talk to your job, talk to your company, because even if you don't come down with COVID, if your kid is quarantined, you know, it's not like you can just leave them home by themselves. And so make sure that you speak to your job about it, because even if your kid is in school, you know, that there's no guarantee that there won't be some kind of quarantine in the classroom. So many companies 
I think have, if they haven't addressed it yet, they should think about some sort of secondary leave policy. I know that my company has a special COVID leave policy that you could use for kids, even if it's not you that's coming down with COVID. So yeah, just make sure you're prepared by asking those questions. Because if they don't have a policy, then you might be the first one that makes them think about having one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So did you notice any gains or losses from the 2020 year? I mean, how was it going, like first coming back to school for your daughter? So I knew that there were losses prior to the summer, just because the teachers were good at giving us updates and, you know, and just letting us know where our kids were generally, you know, across the board, they were like, you know, the kids are below with reading, but they adjusted for that um, as they were making their grades. And so I knew they had like, you know, reading lists and, you know, enrichment throughout our school district packages that they sent out over the summer for the kids to work through. So I knew reading was was um, a struggle area and a struggle area for both of us because, you know, with little kids, you're teaching them from scratch. And I'm like, that's what educators are for. That's what people with master's degrees are for. And so for me, I had to try to supplement my child's learning how to read from scratch. And that means, you know, how do you techniques for understanding how to do blends and, you know, how to break down bigger words and how to find smaller words within the bigger words. And so that was our challenge this summer. So we really took the summer enrichment packet seriously and really focused on her reading this summer. And so now, you know, we got a, um, a tutor that she worked with once a week. And so I was really happy to see the progress that we made from the end of the summer to the start of the school year. And we really um, focused on getting her to be a confident reader. And so we were doing a lot of reading out loud. We were doing a lot of her reading to her little sister. And so now she's at the point where she's enjoying reading and she's like, oh, mom, I'm going to go to bed. And when I go to bed, is it okay if I practice my reading for tomorrow? And I'm like, yes, practice your reading. And so we got her through that hump. And so now, you know, I think she's on par with the other kids in her class, but it was a summer that was full of enrichment along with her going to um, camp. How about you? Did you notice any gains or losses? Um, So I, I definitely, when, when my oldest went back to school last year after being out for basically half a year, I think I remember the teacher saying that basically everybody at that point, she was in second grade, she's in third. Now the teacher was telling me that like every kid in the class was testing at about like halfway through first grade, just because the end of the year was like a wash. Luckily with reading, I used to be a literacy coach. So I just, you know, from the time she was in kindergarten, we were just doing like, you know, uh, drills and games. Uh, like we would be at the dinner table and I was like, okay, let's think of words with the long A sound, you know? And so I have a, I have a little reading nerd at home, which is great. She, she corrects grammar from my audiobooks in the car, which is hilarious when it happens. She's like, that's not how you're supposed to say it. And I was like, okay, this is a colloquial. And she's like, yeah, I don't care. It's grammatically correct. I struggle as a parent with the math because I'm not that strong in math. And 
I, you know, I did okay in school, but it's just not been my strong suit as a parent. So when she gets with the, you know, the extra math and, and they've got a certain way that they do it at school. So it, I think the thing I struggle with a lot is that the, the school and the way that they teach things, I feel like is constantly changing and they don't always tell the parents like how they're doing it now. And so I'll go to try to help her with a math assignment. And she's like, no, 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 that's not how you're supposed to do it. And I'm like, I don't know how you're supposed to do it. You know? And I feel like third grade math, you know, when I was a teacher, I taught K to three Uh and then I did teach three to five, but I didn't do math. So I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know how they're doing it now. Uh And so, and it's also hard because, you know, in the pandemic, there's just not as many, there's not as many opportunities for us to leverage some of the in-person tutoring opportunities that you might've had historically. So I think there's a lot of pressure on parents, but I did notice it's interesting. We had back to school last, last night and it was virtual. Uh And I, I know that as a person and as a mom, I'm a little bit wrapped around the axle and I take it seriously, but like logging on and being able to see the other parents that are like really wrapped around the axle, they're all like, okay, so can we do extra math at home? And I'm like, first of all, breathe. Okay. It's going to be fine. Like your kid is going to learn how to multiply. And so it was in some ways really good for me to see that I was actually not like on the spectrum of being anxious I was probably not the most anxious. (laughs) I was like, this is going to be fine. Like, I just, I don't know. I I don't stress out too hard about it because I'm like, "Uh, they'll figure it out. But I mean, I am, I am pretty crazy about reading. So now, Hera, did you see the gains in um, technology? Like I've seen quite a few gains for both girls in technology. Like the baby can pick up my phone and she can virtually log in and navigate to her app and mm-hmm. just scroll and, and swipe left and swipe right. And, and um, the, my, my big girl, the school age girl, I mean, she's like telling me how to log in and how she reset her password. And mm-hmm. so I've seen tremendous gains um, in terms of technology with both of my kids. Did you notice the same? So I did notice some gains, but I don't know. I also noticed, at least with my older daughter, some resistance, Mm -hmm. you know, she kind of got like computer fatigue. Mm -hmm. And I think that the thing that makes me nervous about all of this is that I think that as a society, we are, we've become, we were already pretty reliant on technology, like not in person. And even to the point where like people don't call anymore, they just text. right? Right. And so I just worry because I think at this age, you know, my daughter's like asking for a phone and I'm like, you're not getting a phone anytime soon. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want her to get, a, you know, part of it is like, she's not responsible enough for a phone. Uh-huh. But then another part of it is it's like, I want you to have years before you get into this habit of relying on this virtual tool instead of human relationships. And so that's the thing that I kind of worry about in all this. So wait, I'm going to take a slight sidebar. Oh my gosh. So I had the first conversation yesterday. My daughter was like, so-and-so wants to set up a play date and she gave me her phone number. You know, can we, can we call her? And I was like, she gave you her phone number. She was like, yeah, I I have it. I have it. I'm going to go get it. I was like, no, no, no. And so then (laughs) the kid's phone number. Yes. And in the oh, same conversation, hell. she was telling me, oh, so-and-so was telling me um, this person's a, a really popular YouTuber and that she likes her videos, but she doesn't care for her, you know, her as a person, as a, you know, uh, and I'm like, okay, 
So we need to have the conversation about responsibility with, with digital um, media. And so, you know, so I kind of sat her down and got real serious about, you know, what it means to be safe and that we're going to continue to have these conversations because I think you can't keep them away from social media and, and you know, that digital world because then you mm-hmm. make it that thing that they want, right? Because you're like, yeah. you close the door. So it's now more alluring to them. So I'm trying to get her into the habit of mommy's rules and here's how we stay safe. Here's how mm-hmm. we keep the house safe. But anyway, that was just a sidebar. Yeah, we don't do hard. YouTube in our house anymore because I noticed that the children's YouTube, you know how you can yeah, like filter it? It's, it's not safe because the, the algorithms that they use, they don't actually, like the YouTuber themselves can list it as a kid's content and there's nobody yeah. actually filtering that out. So I was like, we're just yeah, not, we you're not ready. YouTube, we stopped YouTube at just about two because, you know, they would have the gummy, gummy bear song, gummy, I'm a gummy bear, um, but her school uses a filtered YouTube so she's aware of it. And I'm like, mm. we, if we're watching YouTube on your school stuff, let's do that together. So yeah, no, I think that's generally safe. Like if a school tags a video, you know, cause there's a lot of good content on YouTube. It's just that the kids aren't old enough to really regulate themselves on YouTube yet. And I don't trust the algorithms. And so unless I can like sit there and watch it with her, which I don't really want to sit there and watch with her, uh, it's just not safe. I mean, you know, Netflix, you know, for example, my older daughter, she can navigate her Netflix account. Okay. And I'm good with that because I also know that I can filter out on Netflix. Like there's an option for parents to go in and actually take off the ability for them to see certain shows, which is great. Uh, but you can't do that with YouTube. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it was just kind of jarring the way she was just like, yeah, so-and-so said that this, this person was a YouTuber. And I was like, where are you even getting that language from? Anyway. Okay. Back to <laughs> our about school. Okay, so Howard, you and I have a lot of mommy friends, and we've been kind of comparing notes and really having these discussions about different COVID protocols in schools, and our friends are across the nation. And so what protocols does your school have in place, and how are you feeling um, about those protocols? So again, my older daughter's school, I think, is pretty much figured it out. I mean, I know that they are really strict with masking. All of the teachers are vaccinated and also wear masks, even if they're vaccinated, which is great. And they also have good filtration and they, and they keep the kids outside most of the time, Mm -hmm. which is great. And I think, you know, right now, I think the winter might change things because the kids will be inside longer, which I guess we'll have to see how that goes. I, I think one thing that is really interesting is, and a source of my anxiety is that I have noticed that not all of my friends have the same comfort level with COVID. And so, you know, some of my friends are really good about like, Hey, let's meet outside, you know, and, and a playground, like you and I went to the playground a couple of weeks back and that's great. Right. But like, Another friend of mine, this is probably this past summer, she brought her kid to my house sick. Like she knew he was sick. And then my whole house got sick. And so I was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm glad that it wasn't COVID, but that is super reckless. Right. Right. Like even if you're coming to play outside, if your kid is sick, then they shouldn't be coming over to your house. And so this this worries me because I also worry that there's parents like that that are sending their kids to school sick. Right. And even though 
you know, my daughter's school has a health check in the morning. So you have to like check the boxes, like, do they, you know, have any of these symptoms and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I worry that there's parents who will send them anyway. And sometimes it's out of necessity, right. With school, like they may feel like they can't take off work or whatnot, but yeah, it's, it's stressful. What about you? Yeah. So our school, um, they just put in place, um, well, they've always had in place a mask mandate for everyone, regardless of vaccination status. Um, and then they just put in place mandatory vaccination for any kids playing sports and the teachers. And so they have until mid-October um, to have proof of um, vaccination. Um, they also have ventilation in place, you know, the hand washing, um, the social distancing in the lunchroom. Um, we do, you know, outside play. Um, so they, they, they do have, you know, a multi-step, um, process for mitigating, um, the spread, which I think is good. Um, <laughs> one of our friends, um, their kid goes to school in Florida and, and they had to quarantine. And so there we were, um, asking her about, the academics, right? So did they send your kid home with any, you know, packets or anything? So that prompted me and her answer was no, but that prompted me to ask my school what their plan is, you know, so that we don't have any more academic losses. So they did verify that um, if the kids have to quarantine, then they're sending them home with academic packets. And then all of the kids now have their laptops on a regular basis and they have to bring it home every day. And I'm assuming that that's in, you know, anticipation of something happening. So they've got their resources, their digital resources um, at their fingertips that they can use. And then my email got escalated up to the principal to see if there are um, some additional um, facts that we need to know. So the jury's still out on what the full protocol is for maintaining academics. But for, for now, they're sending home packets. The kids have yeah. their laptops. So, you know, I feel we're in a better place a bit, you know, this, this go around. Yeah, I guess the thing that is also kind of disturbing to me is like, you know, asynchronous learning, that's fine. But I think you and I both know having been in a position where you have to help with homework and stuff or like, you know, help supplement that it's not easy as a parent to be in a position to be doing that while you're also working. Right. And so it's astonishing to me, many of these schools were hybrid, you know, for some time. And so I'm like, you know, I don't understand why we can't just put a camera in the classroom if it should a kid get sick. Right. And at least they can monitor, you know, they could be doing that on their laptop. I mean, probably not for the lower grades, like, you know, kindergarten, it might be a little bit hard to do that with. But for some of the older kids, I would think that that's something that they could they could do. But speaking of work, um, what so for many back to school also came with the expectation to re return back to work. And I know that for me, I work in an office where we have been essential workers. And even though I have the flexibility as a manager to not always be physically present in the office, I still have to go in on a regular basis as do my employees. And so I think the thing that is really difficult is that there is an expectation that we go back in. Not all of the offices have protocol that I'm comfortable with because I know currently in my office that if you have proof of vaccination, you don't have to wear a mask. And we all know that that doesn't, you know, that you... Right. You can still spread. You can still come down with COVID yourself, which has happened mm -hmm. uh, in, in my office. 
And then you come back and, and potentially infect your unvaccinated children, which is super scary. So I think offices are evolving. And I imagine that, you know, with new CDC guidance and also new information on the Delta variant, we'll probably see some changes there. Mm-hmm. But it, do, it does sometimes feel like we are on the front lines of battle. Um, Aisha, how about you? What did back to school mean for you as, with regards to working? So we never went back to the office. You know, our dates kept getting pushed back. So we were supposed to go back in July. Then we were supposed to reevaluate in October. And now we just got word last week that we are not expected back any sooner than Q1 of 2022. So still um, working from home, which I'm grateful for um, because it has been a healing time for me um, mentally, but then also with the uncertainty of what's going to happen with school and if they have to quarantine, I don't have to drop everything and then work from home because I'm already set up to work from home. So that does alleviate um, some of the stress. How I will actually work from home with kids who are not necessarily sick, because let's face it, if Noelle gets an exposure, that means that Camille could potentially have an exposure too. So out of an abundance of caution, I would pull um, the baby as well. And so then they're going to be here. And if they're not sick, then they're going to be their full energetic selves running around. So then I have to have a plan in place for what they're going to do. But we do have a bit more space where we can separate And I can flex my schedule to, again, start work at four o'clock in the morning and then, yeah, and then help with schooling. But it's going to be a haul. So that is what our plan is going to be. So kind of piggybacking off of that, do you like what's your plan if your if your kid's class has to quarantine Like, you know, I know many people sent their kids back to school. And so then the alternative childcare arrangements that they had are no longer in place. Like they reverted back to school time, childcare. What is your plan if, you know, something, if there's an exposure and you have to quarantine your kids? So I think that if I had an exposure that required us to quarantine, I would probably try to leverage some of the policies at work with regards to COVID exposure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, see, do what I'm doing right now, which is <laughs> dealing with an angry toddler. I don't know. It's the struggle is real. I think I would probably have to definitely leverage work, but I also would leverage my community because we live in a multi-generational house and I probably have to lean on my parents a bit for extra help. Okay. So since this is a stressful time, Let's talk a little bit about self-care. How do you manage self-care during the pandemic? Well, I mean, probably in general, but specifically now and make sure that you are getting what you need to be okay with all this. I make sure that I keep my wine rack stocked and chocolate. (laughs) No, seriously. Um, Since moving, I've been really, really um, stressed out and I can feel the anxiety. And so I've really made it a top priority to carve out space in my day for working out and more physical activity, practicing mindfulness just a little bit more, like doing a physical check-in and scan of my body to see where the anxiety is residing, um, making sure that I get a lot more water, making sure that I get you know healthy 
fresh foods that I like and enjoy. Um, and, you know, and really tapping into, you know, my Netflix queue, humor, um, tapping into my friends. I'm still in the process of looking for a regular therapist, someone to just kind of talk to and talk me <laughs> off the ledge, but really being intentional about carving out time during the week and um, during the weekends to, you know, mentally self-care if I cannot physically distance. How about you? Yeah, I try to be mindful of like literally the first thing I try to do every day is just roll out of bed and work out. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's, you know, hopping on the Peloton or just doing some yoga, some sort of exercise before I get going in the morning. And it's really just like my mommy time by myself to recharge. Another thing that I've been trying to do is just schedule spontaneous massages when I can. Uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable about going into a place, uh, a massage place now that I have a vaccination and, you know, I still wear my mask in the place that I go, the technician also wears their mask. So that makes me feel a little bit safer. And yeah, just trying to, I think it's also really important to give yourself some grace. Like I think sometimes we all have probably had moments during this pandemic where we have literally just like just lost our mind and just started crying or screaming or like just breaking down and, and really just being okay with the fact that, you know, this doesn't mean you're going crazy. This means that this is just a super stressful time and letting yourself have that moment of tears, but then getting back in the saddle and being like, okay, what can I do so that I can try to figure out ways not to constantly break down? (laughs) Yeah. Well, 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 there you have it pod. Mocha SMCs, we're doing okay. We're not great, but we're hanging in there. The children are off to school in this uh, year two. It's on the books. We're on that train. It's going down the track. We hope that you each can take a moment as well to check in with yourselves, check in with your friends to see how you're all doing. Um, Find some time to do some self-care if needed. And until next time, mask up, social distance, and stay safe. We love you. We appreciate y'all. Well, Pod, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what you heard, share us with your girlfriends. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So tell us what you thought of this episode on social media. On Facebook, we are at Mocha SMC Podcast. And on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Mocha SMC. You can find additional information on the topics from the podcast at our website at mochasmc.com. Till next time, pod. Bye now.